Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. We just finished 40 days of prayer and fasting. And uh, hopefully you joined us in that. <laughs> but I sense that we are stepping into new things, into a new season as a church. There's new things on the horizon. God's doing new things. It's exciting. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> and I, I believe that one of the things that God is doing in our church and in our lives individually, not just corporately, but individually, <clears throat> is that there is, there is, has to be, it's not optional, there has to be an increase of the presence of the Lord in our lives individually and as a church corporately. Where the, where the tangible glory of God comes and fills His house. We can plan and orchestrate and be the best at what we do, but without the glory of God, it's useless. Akron doesn't need another church. The Great Lakes region doesn't need another church. There's a lot of churches. What we need is a church that's full of the glory of the Lord. A couple of weeks ago, we had someone that was driving by during service and came in after service started and said that there were, they, as they drove by, there was a visible cloud that they saw settling on our church. There was a cloud, not like there was a misty cloud settling on the church outside. And when they came in, they felt the presence of the Lord. There was, there was an obvious sense as soon as they came in the building of the presence of God. That's what we want. That's what we need. It's not, you know, churches that, churches that don't have the presence of God, churches that don't carry the presence and the glory of the Lord, they can preach truth and they have good words and they can be successful but you have to manipulate people's emotions to get them to respond. You have to have the, the right, you have to do it right. You have to have the right song, the right tempo, the right sound, the right look. You've got to perfect the art to motivate and manipulate people to get them to respond. But when the glory of the Lord comes in, you don't need any of that. God does it. God does it. And that's what we need. One of the things, thanks y'all, you can have a seat. One of the things that I sense, um, one of the things that's happening that I'm actually very excited about, you can be praying about, uh, I have a meeting actually tonight uh, after evangelism explosion. You know, one of the things that we've said, we said even in the interview process when we found out um, that there was a right around the church Refugees. This is one of the largest Nepalese refugee areas is North Hill. And so Heather and I have just been praying and saying, Lord, 
we need to reach this community, but we're, we're two middle-class white people that have no ability to reach Nepalese who are coming from refugee camps. There's, there's not even any remote connection that we would have with those folks outside of you. So we need somebody that can help us reach those people, and we need to build this connection. And uh, everybody in our, our leadership team has said, yes, we need that, we want to do that, but nobody really had the ability to do that, you know? And uh, a couple of weeks ago, there were, well, it was probably about a month ago now, someone called, um, didn't know this person, they knew of our church, and they had heard that there was a new pastor. They called and said, uh, love the sound of babies, it means church growth. Um, but uh, they said, um, you know, we, we're looking. I, I have a pastor friend of mine that's a Nepalese pastor. He's a refugee. And they have outgrown the building that they're meeting in, and they need a new space. Would you be interested in hosting this Nepalese church? And I said, well, let's talk about it and see, you know. what." So we had a meeting. We walked through all the details of what that would look like with them. And I said, well, get back to us. And so we've been going through this whole process of just talking back and forth and figuring out the details. Well, we have a meeting tonight. Uh, this particular Nepalese church um, is very much interested. They've talked to their church leadership team and everybody, and they're very interested in not just coming and being a, using our building. They want to come and be a part of Celebration Church. They want to come and be a part of what God's doing. So... There's a lot of details we got to figure out, but um, they, we have, like I said, we have a meeting tonight to figure those details out or to start the process anyway. Um, but they have 50 to 75 Nepalese refugees that come to their church, and the, the pastors were refugees themselves. They got to America, they got here to North Hill and said, look, if we don't have church, we're going to lose our people. They're not going to grow spiritually. We don't have a pastor, so I'll pastor, basically, is how they started. It was four brothers, and they said, we'll start. We'll start a church. And so they've each got a church now. And um, so one of those brothers is coming here, and he said, um, he said, not only do I want to come and bring our church and be a part of Celebrations Ministry, but I want to be discipled as a pastor. I want to grow as a pastor. So he's now in our Bible college. Him and his youth leader are both are in our Bible college. They started class this semester, and uh, so they're in my uh, Monday night class. So they're getting training to be pastors, and uh, their youth have already started engaging with our youth ministry, and uh, it's awesome. So the, and we and that wasn't even any formal details. That was just we're desperate. We need a church. We need discipleship. We need connection and fellowship. So. Now, that's good. <laughs> that's good news. The, the greater news, and again, all of the details are being worked out, but our launch date uh, for this, this connection, if all goes well, um, they have asked if we would host, now this is exciting to me, they have asked if we would host the Great Lakes Region General Conference for the Nepalese Churches. So we would host here at our church in August, with plans are underway to host, I don't know how we're going to fit them all, <laughs> 600 Nepalese and Bhutanese refugees from all over the Great Lakes region. I don't know where we're going to put them. <laughs> we're, uh, 
uh, Heather and I, we were planning on going to live streaming and doing live streaming in the future. It looks like we're going to have to move that time frame up to get cameras in here so we can do overflow in another room. But uh, so we're already talking overflow and how to fit all these people in. So we're very excited about this. You should be very excited about this. This is your church. This is you know, what you, you have the opportunity to be involved in this. More details will be coming. We'll need folks to come help greet, yeah. greet people and, and help keep the facility operating with 600 people. Uh, Jen would appreciate the volunteers. So anyway, uh, we'll keep you posted on all of it. But how awesome, how awesome. If you, if you will just, and this is just a great example, you know, Heather and I are nobody special. We don't have some great gift or, you know, some whatever. We just press into God. We love Jesus. We worship and pray. We press into his presence. We enter his rest. We're not striving over, oh my goodness, how are we going to reach this community? Let's strategize. Let's plan. Let's just, no, we just press into the presence of God. Say, God, you've got it under control. You know what you've spoken in our heart. We know what you've said. We know you're faithful and you're going to make it happen in your time. Oh, God, you're opening the door. Let's walk through this door. God, what are you doing? Oh, great. Wow, this is awesome. Somebody said one time, wow, you, you, know, uh, you really have a gift for attracting leaders and, and, new, and people who are called to be pastors. How does that work? How do you do that? I don't know. I just walk into it. I don't, I don't have any plan. I don't, I don't go around strategizing how do I attract pastors. I just walk in what I'm called to do, and God does the rest. And so I just want to encourage you. Um, the, re- the whole reason why I'm saying that is everyone in this room. There is a, a couple of months ago, God gave me this word, and I, I want to share it with you this morning. Everyone in this room, there, you have a, a sound the sound of heaven, the call of God in your life, there is a sound from heaven that you need to be releasing in this community. And when you and I begin to release the sound, release the voice, release what God's placed in your life, it becomes this melodious, harmonious uh, orchestra of the presence of God, the voice of God in our community. Just like, you know, I use this as an example, just, and again, not orchestrated, just the presence of God directing our service, singing I love you, Lord, and how, how great with just the voices, a, a, a har- harmony and spirit-led song. And just like that, the Holy Spirit wants to take our body, take our church, take you, form us together into this orchestra that releases the sound of heaven in our lives. In Isaiah chapter 55, and I'm going to jump all over scripture today as I normally do, and I want to take a look at the sound of heaven being released in our lives. I want to take a look at some of the sounds in scripture that were released. So when we talk about releasing the sound of heaven, you'll know what we're talking about. But in Isaiah 55, I love this passage of scripture. In Isaiah 55 and verse 12, it says, you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree and it shall be to the Lord for a name for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. And what we see here is even creation, the Bible says in Romans 8 that even creation is eagerly awaiting, it's groaning and awaiting the coming of the Lord in the revelation of the sons and daughters of God. So even 
even creation itself is releasing the sound of heaven. Even creation itself releases a sound that glorifies God and, and, and exalts God. Amen. Creation was made to glorify God, to exalt God, and then sin enters the picture and that, that sound becomes tainted. It becomes tainted with the, with the effects of sin and creation is awaiting the day when the revelation of the sons and daughters come. Why? Because it's the day of the beginning of a new creation. It's remade into its original state where in the Garden of Eden the, where it glorified God in purity without the effects of sin and fallen nature. And so I would say to you, don't let the rocks cry out like Jesus said. Let your voice, let the sound of heaven resonate from you. Don't keep your mouth shut. Don't keep your, don't keep your worship quiet. Don't keep your prayer quiet. Don't keep your evangelism quiet. There is a message, there is a sound, there is a gift that God has placed within you that this community, this region needs to hear. And it's only going to come when you begin to open up your mouth and let the sound out. If you go with me to Ezekiel chapter 37, we find the first sound of heaven that I want to take a look at. Ezekiel chapter 37 and verse 1, it says, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. God is always in the middle of desperate situations. When you look around, amen, I'm glad you're excited about that. God is always in the middle of desperate situations. When things look hopeless and, and there's no life, there's no hope, God is in the middle of that and ready to bring new life. You can look around the Great Lakes region or Akron and say, well, the economy's not well, the business is left, or we've got sin issues or crime issues or that issue, that issue. Let me tell you this, God is in the middle of uh, when sin abounds, grace abounds, when the depression and the depravity of man grows darker, the light of God grows brighter and brighter. I would say to you today, the glory of the Lord, Isaiah 60 says that the glory of the Lord is rising on you and I. Let the light of God shine and the sound of heaven be released. You know, light, and I don't know all the scientifics of this, and maybe there's a mathematician or science scientist in the room today that can help me with this, but even light has a sound. There's a light to the to sound. There sound has light has sound, yes. And so even even the glory of the Lord, the light of God, the illuminating light of God has a sound that's released. And so even, even in our lives, when we allow the light of His glory, even if you just allow His glory to affect your life, there's a sound that's going to resonate in you and I. And Ezekiel, we keep reading, says, God set Ezekiel in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Everybody say, full of bones. That means when he walked, there was bones. This wasn't a scarce situation. Everywhere around him, he was in the middle of the valley, and everywhere around him was full of these bones, and he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. Everybody say, very dry. These weren't fresh bones. These bones had been there a while. They had been scorched by the sun. You might feel that way this morning. Maybe you've been in the valley, scorched by the sun and the effects of life. Maybe the world around you and the people around you have been affected by the sun and have been scorched dry. But I'm telling you, there is a word of the Lord that's coming that the sound of God will be released. If you'll release the sound, new life is coming. I'm, I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself. I'm 
getting excited. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. The Bible says in Revelation that the the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Well, what is the testimony of Jesus? What is the testimony? In Acts 10, 38, Peter said this about the testimony of Jesus. He said, how God, oh yeah, anointed Jesus of Nazareth. How God... David said in Psalms, Oh God, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness, the oil of joy. It was a prophecy of Jesus that God had anointed him with the oil of gladness. What is that anointing oil that came on Jesus? What is the oil of gladness that came on Jesus? Well, Peter tells us right here in verse 38 how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with Power And what did Jesus do? This was his testimony that he had the Holy Spirit and power and went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. That is the testimony of Jesus. It is the encouraging, comforting, exhorting word of God that he comes and, and causes us to release this same sound, release this testimony of Christ that there is hope for your discouragement. There's, there's life in the middle of death and despair and discouragement. Amen. Amen. You don't have to be oppressed by the devil. You don't have to stay in the sun scorching heat. You can come in to the place of new life and refreshing and renewal for your soul. It says, hear the, hear the word of the Lord. Verse 5 in Ezekiel 37. Thus says the Lord God to these bones... Surely I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. Surely I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring fresh flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied there was a Noise. As I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling. That word noise is a thundering voice of music. It is a uh, proclamation of God in the Hebrew is what that means. So in the middle of these dry bones in this valley, Ezekiel had to, in order to release the word of God, he had to hear the word of the Lord. You and I have to be in a place to receive from God if we're going to release the word of the Lord and the sound of God in our community. If you're not daily reading your Bible, if you're not daily praying and worshiping and entering in and living in the presence of God, how are you going to have anything to release? You have to receive something in order to release something. You might be here this morning and say, well, I received something 50 years ago. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Your bones have gotten scorched. You need fresh receiving from the Lord. Daily receiving new manna. Stop eating the worms and receive fresh manna. The problem is not the preacher. It's the, per- it's the person eating the worms. <laughs> They complained about Moses. Moses, why, why do we have the, the manna and why do we have this and can't we have this and couldn't we have stayed in Egypt? God took care of their needs, didn't he? He met their needs. God was providing for them. The problem was they weren't satisfied with the provision of God. 
Start eating, start feasting daily on fresh manna. Start feasting in prayer. Start feasting in the Word of God. Start feasting in worship. Leonard Ravenhill said, No man is greater than his prayer life. The pastor who is not praying is playing. The people who are not praying are straying. We have many organizers, but few agonizers. Many players and payers, but few prayers. Many singers, but few clingers. Lots of pastors and few wrestlers. Many fears, but few tears. Much fashion, but little passion. Many interferers, but few intercessors. Many writers, but few fighters. Failing here, we fail everywhere. We've got to be people who are pressing into God. We have to daily hear the word of the Lord. There are people who are hurting and broken all around us that need you to release the sound, but you have to have the word of the Lord in you to release. Then when he released the word, he spoke the word, and there was a noise, this sound, this thundering voice. Can you imagine these thousands of bones beginning to rattle and not just rattle, not just create a sound, but before Ezekiel's eyes, he's seeing flesh come on them and muscles and tissues come on them. And he's seeing, the, he's seeing breath come into their lungs. He's seeing these bones begin to stand up. That is the transforming work of God in the world around us. And you and I have the opportunity to stand and release the sound of God, release the sound of heaven, and see the sinews come on people who are broken, to see the muscles come on the bodies that are destroyed, see the breath come in lungs who are without breath and not alive or just zombies walking around without any life or hope in them. You all hear what I'm saying this morning. So we have the opportunity to release the sound, but there's got to be the word of God in us. And when we do, there is a thundering, there is a loud music that's released in heaven. There's, there's these bones that are music to the ears of God. These dry bones, these people who are lost, who are broken, who are destitute, who are depressed, discouraged, when new life begins to enter them, it's music in the ears of God. It's the sound of a thundering music in the ears of God. You and I, as we begin to reach out to the hurting, reach out to the broken, and begin to minister to those people, it's music when they come to life. There's rejoicing in heaven. It becomes, it becomes the music. It's like karaoke in heaven. They can hear the sound of heaven and these bones, and the angels start singing to the sound of the bones. Y'all are a tough crowd this morning. That was a great opportunity to laugh. They're rejoicing in heaven with the sound of new life in people. He says, so I prophesied and I, as I commanded them, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone. And indeed I looked and the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. And so I said, and the son, he said to me, Son of man, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these that are slain, and they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. The sound of heaven. You and I have to be in a place of receiving from God. Psalms chapter 1, verse 1 says, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly on the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, 
nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in what? In the law of the Lord, receiving from God, taking in the word of the Lord, meditating. Verse 2 says, and his, on his law he meditates day and night. And what happens? He will be like a tree firmly planted by the streams of water. You and I have to receive the word of the Lord to begin to pour out and produce godly fruit. The second sound that was released I want to take a look at is in Acts chapter 2. We're familiar, probably many of us familiar with Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost, verse 1, had fully come, they were in all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of the rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and there appeared to them divided tongues of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together. You know, we often think that... um, Speaking in tongues, spiritual gifts, supernatural ministry will repel the lost. In actuality, it draws them in. The Bible says that they were drawn in by the sound or the commotion that happened. There was a few sounds that were happening in that place. One, there was a sound of a violent rushing wind. If you've ever been in a tornado, you know all about those winds. Hurricanes, you know, we know all about those. There's a, there's a, it's interesting, and it's the same is probably true with tornadoes a little bit, but uh, in New Orleans, living there, when there was a tornado coming in, usually the day before, or a hurricane, usually the day before heard the hurricane made landfall, there was this unusual peace and calm that was all over. It was eerie. It was so eerie. Um, all the birds were gone. The trees were just dead silent. There was no wind. There was nothing. It was just dead quiet. It was the peace before the storm. And I would say that there is a unique peace. There's a calm, if you will, in the church. There's there's lack of sound. There's lack of motion, lack of wind. But don't let that discourage you. Uh, There is a peace or a calm, if you will, before the storm. The, the wind of the Holy Spirit is getting ready to blow in this generation like we've never seen or experienced before. There's a, there's a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit going to blow, and there's going to be a unique sound that comes when the Holy Spirit blows. There's a unique sound when the, when the wind begins to blow. If you've ever had a fire going, and, and the wind comes through and blows through that fire. You hear the, the effects of the wind on the fire. You hear it move the flames around and whip the flames around. There's, there's a unique sound of the Holy Spirit in every generation is what I'm getting at. There's a unique manifestation. There's a unique sound, a unique awakening, unique demonstration. And one of the things that we see happening is I believe this unique move of God in our generation is the, all of the various things that God's done in the past, all the various streams of ministry, the healing movement, the charismatic movement, the Jesus movement, Azusa Street. I mean, you can go through them all. 
I really believe that we're going to see and we are seeing a blending of all of those sounds together before the coming of Jesus Christ. There is a reason why the, the last day harvest is going to be the greatest harvest. And that's because all of these sounds, all of these, these different ministries of, and types of ministry from the Holy Spirit are coming together, merging into one uh, stream, one river that will affect in an incredible way. Do you all hear what I'm saying this morning? There is a sound that, well, five of you, that's good. There's a sound that comes when the Holy Spirit comes. It has to be released in our lives. The third one I want to take a look at, if you go with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 5. Another sound that happened. 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 11 says, and it came to pass when the priests came out of the holy place, for all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves without keeping to their divisions. And the Levites who were the singers and all those of Asaph and Heman and Jeduth, all of these people, are the, they're the worship leaders. All these people that are being named here are worship leaders in the temple. With their sons and their brethren, they stood at the east end of the altar, clothed in white linen, having cymbals, stringed instruments, and harps, and with them 120 priests sounding with trumpets. Can you imagine the sound of 120 trumpets all in unison? Talk about a, a sound being released. And indeed, this is at the dedication of Solomon's temple. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpets and the singers were as one, when the musicians and the singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good and his mercy endures forever. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. That's the sound. There wasn't some complex worship song going on. It wasn't a great message. It wasn't some great oratory. It was for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. When they did that as one sound, they were in unity, one sound together. It says here in 2 Chronicles chapter 5 and that the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so that the priests could not even continue ministering because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the house. What did that look like? That the glory of the Lord became so manifest, so thick, so real that there was a tangible cloud that filled the temple. What would happen this morning if we began to release one sound? You know, our difficulty is that we're not, most of the times we're not in unity and our affections are on ourselves and not on the things of God. So that's usually the dilemma. Uh, it's not, God doesn't have the problem by the way, <laughs> God, has, God has no problem manifesting his presence in a, in a place. That's what he longs to do. God's desire is to make his presence known, his character known. God's not hiding himself. He didn't send his son to die on a cross. Christ didn't come to die and, and become our propitiation. He didn't come and die and go through the horrific things that he went through just so you and I could have to be hidden from the presence of the Lord. No, Jesus came and did all that he did so that we could be restored into the presence of God. It was a very costly, very 
pricely death, very pricely cost to be in the presence of God. You and I, it is a costly, it's costly for you and I. The Bible says, who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Who shall come into the presence of God? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. There is the, the issue is not with God. The presence of God is not manifest in our church to the degree that we desire because maybe we don't really fully desire it as we ought. Or two, our hands are not clean and our hearts not pure and therefore we're not in unity with God. When you're in unity with God, then unity with one another happens. But we're not in unity with God because we don't have clean hands and pure hearts. We'd rather have our, our joy in our own affections and our own vain imaginations than the presence of God. We are content living at mediocre than best. We're okay with experiencing the presence of the Lord where we're at today. But if it gets any more or increases to any degree greater than that, that's uncomfortable because it requires and demands holiness. I was thinking this morning, maybe, maybe it's just myself. I, I'll just pick on myself for a moment. This morning as I was praying, I was thinking, Lord, I was thinking about, I was thinking about William Seymour. I was thinking about releasing a sound. I was thinking about William Seymour. Here's a one-eyed African-American slave, basically, from Louisiana in California. He's gone through um, hell to basically get where he's at. He's been affected by disease. I mean, all of the things that he's gone through. He goes to his first church in California, and they run him off and lock the doors and say, don't come back. And here he is. He's stuck trying to figure out, why in the world am I in California? God brought me all the way here. What am I doing here? Ends up ministering in a home and teaches on something that he had yet experienced. He begins to teach on the baptism in the Holy Spirit because that's what he had been trained to do under Parham's ministry. He had received teaching and instruction on the baptism in the Holy Spirit, but had not yet received. Matter of fact, it had been, it had, I think it was five days or so after the actual Azusa Street uh, and all that God was doing, it was five days before he ever even received the baptism in the Holy Spirit himself. So he had been teaching this whole time and praying to receive. Here's this man, all of this. He goes through all that he went through and is experiencing such a great outpouring of the presence of the Lord to such a degree that the glory of God at the Azusa Street Mission was so thick that the, that the kids would play in the mist, the kids would play in the glory of the Lord. And they said of, of William Seymour that when he would stand, most of the time he wouldn't even minister. Most of the time he would stand off to the side or kneel off to the side with a milk crate over his head. And people, all the church, all church was, was people coming and praying and spontaneous worship and spontaneous testimonies. It wasn't organized. It wasn't structured. And if he happened to preach, great. If not, that was fine too. Most of the time he didn't. He stayed under the milk carton. But they said that when he would take the milk carton off of his head and he had a word from the Lord to preach, that the glory of God was so thick on him that it would follow like a cloud around him as he would minister. And you could see the glory of the Lord around him around him as he preached. And I thought to myself, as I was praying this morning, I was meditating on all that, and I thought, Lord, I haven't seen the glory cloud around me as I'm preaching. I'm a little jealous. 
I know your word says you're no respecter of persons, but I want your presence. Not, I don't want a glory cloud so people can come in celebration church and say, oh, look at that pastor. He's got a glory cloud. You think I want people to come look at me with a glory cloud? I'd rather hide under the pew. I mean, really, give me a break. The next thing they're going to be saying is, what fog machine does he carry around on his pants so that there's a cloud around it? You know, that, there's just all sorts of craziness that comes with that. But I want his presence. And I thought, Lord, why? I'm like, Lord, I want that. And the Lord began to speak to me and challenge me and say, oh, but you got to come a little closer. This is your job. This is, your job is not, not what you think it is. This is your job to preach and to pray and to study and seek my face and all of these things. And the Lord began to challenge me about the, if you want the cloud, then you got to come up the hill a little closer. You and I, if we want the cloud of his presence, we got to be willing to go up the hill. And, and that demands holiness. It demands leaving the revelry and all the issues at the bottom. It demands us being willing to release the sound of you unity in the presence of the Lord. Psalms 133 says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in strife. <laughs> no, no, that's not what David said. What, you know, and I'm not saying that we're, I'm not saying as a church we're not in unity and all those things, and, and don't get me wrong in what I'm saying here, but we can always do better. We can always say, Lord, we need to walk together in love and unity a little bit closer. Lord, we need, we need unity with you. We need clean hands and a pure heart that we can enter in to a place of unity with you a little more. There's layers, you know, uh, like Shrek said, we all have layers. We're like onions. And it's true. There's layers. We gotta keep we gotta keep going. If you have if you don't know what I'm talking about, you don't have kids. I'm sorry. You don't have little kids. <laughs> Those with little kids know exactly what I'm talking about. You gotta you gotta go layers with God. Sometimes he brings you in. You know, when you get born again, you realize the greatness of God and you're you're enamored with the presence of the Lord and you fall in love with him and then all of a sudden something happens in life, tragedy happens or whatever happens and you're kind of set back and you're like, well God, why'd you do that? Why did that happen? And you you kind of draw back from the presence of the Lord and then he just stands there wooing you in, drawing you back, loving on you, bringing you back. Okay, God, I'll come back a little closer. And then some, somebody says something you don't like. Well, I don't like what they told me. Well, the reason you don't like it is probably because you needed to hear it. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't like what that preacher said. Well, I didn't say it. God said it. And uh, we'll just blame him. And you draw back. You draw back. And you draw out of the presence. And you start sitting in, in, in complaints or bitterness because of what somebody said or did. And, and the Holy Spirit starts wooing you back in, drawing you back in. And you're like, oh... I realized that they didn't mean to hurt me. That was, that was something I needed to hear. That was the word of the Lord for me. And God begins to heal your heart. There's layers that we have to go through. And every time we go through it, we get a little bit closer to God. We find out a little bit more about his character. We find out a little bit more about how he loves us. And he's drawing us in. So I want to encourage you, ask God to bring you a little bit closer to unity with him. Know him a little bit more. Have a little bit more unity with God. 
It's like, what is it like? I'm glad you asked. It's like precious oil upon the head. David told us what the unity with God's like. It says in unity with each other. It's precious oil upon the head, running down the beard, the beard of Aaron. This is an example of the high priest. The high priest would be anointed with the oil. And when they were anointed, the oil ran from their head, as David said, all the way down their garments. There's an importance here. When you and I live in unity, that the oil is representative, it's symbolic of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit begins to run down from the head all the way down to the toes. So it doesn't matter what part of the body that you're in. You may be a pinky toe here this morning, and you feel like you have no value or no point in the body of Christ because you're just a little pinky toe. And that little pinky toe helps the whole body keep balance. That, whole pink, that little pinky toe, if it ain't there, messes up the whole d- dynamics of the body of Christ. And what happens is if we're in unity, you might be a pinky toe, but the same anointing, that same power of the Holy Spirit that's being poured out on the top... Eventually, it's going to make its way down into that pinky toe. So you don't have to worry about what position or title you have, because when we're in unity, none of that matters. It doesn't matter whether you have the microphone or on the stage, or if you're the person cleaning the toilets, because you know that same anointing that's flowing on the top is running down to me. The same blessing that's on our church is running in my life, and I'm going to receive everything the Lord has for me. I was uh, commenting this week on just how, how many financial breakthroughs we've seen since we've been here. The, the financial blessings and breakthroughs, not just within the church, but in people's lives, has just been incredible. Uh, the, the amount of unexpected checks and things selling and the broken things being supernaturally fixed and cars and the provision, just even the simple things has been so amazing and uh, in, in just a matter of a uh, year, this the things that is a year. We're in July, it'll be a year. And uh, so all of, all of the great things that God's done just in a year's time, and, and the anointing and the presence of the Lord that has increased in the church, and the presence of God on the church, and all that God's doing, the souls that are being, all of that, let me tell you, if you are in unity with what God is doing here, all of that will flow into your life. If you may sit there this morning and say, well, I don't understand why that person's getting blessed and that person got healed and why they're getting joy. You know, we get messages all the time. I'm walking around my house and I'm laughing and I don't know why I'm laughing. I have a horrible situation going on in my family, but I'm laughing and I can't stop laughing. The joy of the Lord, all of those things. Why? What happens? When you get in alignment with what God is doing in his church, the anointing oil is flowing into your, into your life. Yeah, yeah. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. Now, uh, I've had some interesting terms for this, and I won't share them this morning. I will say this. uh, (laughs) Some of our staff have heard me uh, comment on on this dew of Hermon. but, But basically, it means this. When you don't have water, you become dry, right? When, when there's no water, you're dry. When the grass is not watered, you are dry. And when you're dry, you're hard and crusty. <laughs> and an angry, bitter old Gus. <laughs> and so, therefore, you need the dew of Hermon. <laughs> 
I don't know who Herman is, but you need Herman's dude to come and rest upon you and make you a happy person. That's, that is short for Holy Spirit. You need, the, you need the dew of the Holy Spirit. You need the mountain of Herman's dew to come and settle in on you and make you pliable, not hard and crusty and bitter and hurt and angry. Well, you don't know what they did or said. I, I'm sure I don't. <laughs> Believe me, I'm sure I don't. And it's probably best I don't know. But the reality is, it really doesn't matter if you allow... God's using that whole situation in your life to draw you in, to bring you closer to Him, to get you in unity with Him. And so if you allow Him to come and heal you and mold you and allow the dew of Herman to come and settle in, I think it's... How do you say that? Her, how do you say that? Her, Herman? Is that how you say it? Herman? 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 Whatever, you allow, the, you allow the dew to come and settle in on you, it'll affect your life. The Holy Spirit will change you and transform you. Y'all can have fun in church. <laughs> Jesus doesn't leave because you have fun. Jesus liked having a good time in church too. So that's 2 Chronicles. I'll wrap up. Let's go to uh, Mark chapter 10. <laughs> Mark chapter 10. A merry heart doeth good like medicine. You know, the sicker you are, the more medicine you need. It's true. It's true. It's true. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the stuff you get at the drugstore. I'm talking about spiritual medicine. The sicker, the sickier you are. And, you know, the reality is the, the more you press into the press, the more that you press into the presence of God, the, the, the more you realize I'm pretty sick. I'm pretty sick. I'm in need of more of Jesus. That's why, that's why the joy is so important. The joy of the Lord is your strength, right? It's your strength because it's medicine. It nourishes your bones. It nourishes and brings life to your spiritual man. <laughs> I might get in trouble for saying this, but I'll say it anyway. It, it, might, it might help some of you to prime the pump. And smile. <laughs> there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with smiling. And when you smile, it gives the Holy Spirit something to work with. It says, yes, they realize they need joy. Sorry, I digress. Mark chapter 10. I'm telling you, when, when you're on vacation and you come, just blame it on the vacation. Just blame it on the vacation. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Now they came to Jericho. And as, <laughs> oh, as they went out, as, they, as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard, he heard. What did he hear? What did he hear? He heard a sound. People were releasing a sound. There was a commotion that followed Jesus. 
When you have multitudes following, as Jesus did, there's a commotion. There's people talking. They're, they're talking about their miracles. They're talking about the healing. They're talking about what Jesus had done in their life. They're talking about what Jesus is going to do. All of these things, the sound that followed Jesus, he hears. He can't see. He's blind. He's blind. He can't see. But he can hear. I'll let that percolate. And then it, it was Jesus of Nazareth. I mean, that's, I'm serious. He, he, uh, we don't laugh in church. I mean, I'm serious. There's, there are people who are there, that are spiritually unperceptive. They can't see. You can, you can try all day long to show them and rationalize with them. And they're not going to hear your rational thinking. They're not going to hear your logic. But they've got to hear the sound of the Holy Spirit. You can try logic all day long. Some people, they're just not going to get the logic. But, but when they hear the voice of the Lord, when they hear the name of Jesus, things begin to happen. And he said, this is what he said. He cried out. That word cry is the word in Greek, croak. I'm serious. He began to cry. That's what it means. He croaked out, Jesus! Let me turn my mic off. I don't want to... Jesus, son of David. He was croaking out and he was making a, he was making a scene. He was making, he was making a big scene. And, and many wanted him to be quiet. That sounds like church. Yeah. Don't they know they're making a scene? They're dancing and they're shouting and they're happy and they're, you know, people can do, they would much rather blind Bartimaeus be blind and be quiet and sit on the side and never get well. It could be that he was croaking his way to a miracle. You might need to croak your way to a miracle this morning. You might be depressed and discouraged, and all you can muster out is, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy. That's okay. Let it rip. Let it roll. Because your miracle's on the way. Jesus is walking through, and he's attracted to desperation. He's attracted to the desperation in your heart. You can try to, hey, if you, if you want to be, you can, you can be cute and have it all together and never get your miracle. You can, you can keep it all the order. You can keep it together and, and be, you know, professional and, and do, be, prof, be professional and never get your miracle. Blind Bartimaeus would have never gotten his miracle. It wasn't because what they tell him. They said, "Be quiet." They said, "Shut up." That's what they said. And it says that he cried out all the louder. I'm telling you what the Greek says. That's what this is. What the Bible says. And he cried out all the louder. He said, "I'm. I'm. I need a miracle. I'm blind. I have issues." He released the sound. He, re- he was releasing a sound of desperation. 
If you're wondering what's happening, let me just, I should give you, I should, I should do the polite thing and be a pastor and just tell you what's happening in service. That is the Holy Spirit is touching people and the Word of God is becoming alive to them. What you're hearing is the sound of heaven being released. That's what's happening is there are, there are people who are getting a reality check of the Word of God in their heart and they're releasing a sound. That's what happens when the Word of God becomes real. There's a sound released. The Word of God, the, word of, the, the power of Jesus became real for blind Bartimaeus and there was a sound that had to be released. It comes out in worship. It comes out in joy. It comes out in prayer. It comes out in all sorts. It, but in this case, in blind Bartimaeus, it came out in desperation. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And so Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. He said, bring him here. He's desperate. There's, he needs a miracle. Bring him over here. And the Bible says that they said, you know, this is so funny. The, the same people that told him to be quiet. Shut up. Go away. Oh, hey, guess what? Jesus wants you to come see him. Oh, we're so excited for you. Wow, how quickly their attitude changed. The very people that were telling him to be quiet. Oh, you need to be all the louder. Jesus wants your attention. And so they come and they, they come and bring Jesus over to him. And the Bible says that blind Bartimaeus threw aside his car. He hadn't been healed yet. He hadn't even talked to Jesus yet. But by faith, he threw off the garment of the, ble the beggar's garment. You know, when you release a sound, sometimes it's a sound by faith. But I'm telling you that when you begin to hear the voice of the Lord in your life, like we said earlier, you got to hear the word of the Lord. And you begin to release the sound of desperation to God. By faith, when you get up and release that sound, the blind beggar's garment that you've been hanging on to, you can let go of. Because you can rest assured that when you get in the presence of Jesus, things are going to change. When that person who is hurting and broken and in despair and depression, you, you may be intimidated by their situation and the symptoms, but when you begin to see by faith, you can look at them and say, honey, that beggar's garment you got on is coming off because when you get in the presence of God, things are going to change. That's why we preach what we preach. Get in the presence of the Lord. Allow God to affect your life and change your life. Because when it happens, things change. There's transformation that happens when you get in the presence of God. When you begin to release the sound of heaven and, and it attracts the attention of God and He begins to minister to you and minister to those that are around you, things begin to change. You may not understand it all. That's okay, I don't either. You may not understand why God does the way He does and why He chooses to do the way that, that He does and, and chooses the people that He does. You, I mean, hit your neighbor and say, hey, you look pretty strange for God to choose you. I mean, I, don't, I mean really, I don't know why God would choose them either. I mean, we all, we all have our issues, right? We all have our issues, but He comes and He pulls us out of the crowd and says there's a hunger in their heart. There's a hunger. I see something of them and me. I've created them in my image, and I see something of them and me, and I'm drawing them in. I want to change them. I want to transform them. I want them to be in unity with me. I want them to go out and release the sound that I'm speaking and declaring over their life. And, and so he threw aside his garment, and he rose, he came to Jesus, and Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? That's a funny question. You know, Jesus, I've got a beggar's coat on a blind, you know. Can, 
He could have asked Jesus for anything. He could have asked Jesus for anything. I want a million bucks, you know. But here's the thing. Jesus was not his genie in the lamp. He needed to see, not for the sake of seeing in the natural, but who was the first person he saw when his eyes got healed? Who was, sta- who was he standing before? You know, it wasn't for the sake of just natural healing. He needed to see Jesus in a whole new way. He needed to not just hear about him. He needed to really see him. And you might be here this morning, and you might be controlled by what you hear and the circumstances that are around you, and you just need to get a whole new picture of Jesus in your life. You're bugging me this morning. I'm going to come back over here to you. I think I talked to you a couple of weeks ago. Did I talk to you a couple of weeks ago? I did. Okay. I'm like, I don't know. You can hang there. You can stay there. But I think this is a word for you. I, I really do. This, I really feel like this is what God is saying to you, is that you've been sitting like blind Bartimaeus in the whole the, the road. You've been sitting there, and you've been hearing what everybody else is saying. You've been hearing about, you've, you've heard about Jesus. You're hearing all about him, and you've been hearing all about him, and that's great. But he wants you to see him in a whole new way. He wants you to see him for yourself. He, want, he wants it to be personal for you in a whole new way, not religion. You know, we... We've all been there. Religion will just mess you up. Religion, religion is man's attempts to get to God. You've got to do this. It's legalism. It's the law. You, and you've got to do this, do this, do this, and then God will be happy with you. Can I just tell you, God is happy with you, not because of who you are, but because of who Jesus is in you. He's happy with you just because of who Jesus is in you. So as you begin to see him in a whole new way, things are going to change in your life. As a matter of fact, they already are. But there's, but there's a greater degree of change coming. You're going to be a little fireball for Jesus. You won't be able to keep your mouth shut because you're going to release, you're going to, you're going to release the sound that, you're hear, that you've heard but you've now seen with your eyes. It's going to be more than just what you've heard. It's now going to be experience with what you see. You're going to have heard. Does that make sense? You're going to have heard. You've heard all about Jesus, and there's a sound that's been released, but now you're going to see it experientially for yourself. Does that make sense? And that's what, hap- that's what happened with blind Bartimaeus, is that, you know, here he is. Jesus says, hey, come here. He heals his eyes, and now his garment's gone. His beggar garment's gone. Isaiah, I heard last week they preached to 1230. So I feel like I can preach to one. <laughs> I thought, thought, hey, this is, this is my church. I can preach to one. If you want to preach to 12th, I'll beat you. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. Oh, I might. Okay. <laughs> I didn't realize what time it was. I was really joking, but now that I realize, I better wrap this up. Um, Isaiah 61, uh, this is the garment. He got rid of his beggar garment, but he picked up another garment. This is the garment. Isaiah 61 verse 3 says that Jesus has given us beauty for ashes, all those things, but he's consoled the Spirit of the Lord is on me to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. What garment? The garment of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. That, you know, those, those... Beggar's garments are bondage and their heaviness. It's despair, it's discouragement. You, when you get rid of that, you're taking up. Jesus said, take my yoke, it's easy. You're putting on the garment of praise. 
putting on the garment of praise. And when you do, and throwing aside verse 50, he rose and came to Jesus. And so Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do? And the blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. It's very interesting. Jesus said, Go on. You're healed. Go away. You know, you got what you came for. Go away. And uh, I've seen Jesus. I can't go back. I've seen, I've seen who you are. I've heard too much. I've seen too much. I can't go back to where I came from. I've got fo- to follow you. I've got to follow you. I've got to see where you're going. And, and, you know, we don't know what happened to blind Bartimaeus. We don't know where. But I imagine he ended up somewhere telling the story about the day he was sitting on the road. He was blind, but now he sees. He couldn't. He couldn't get a job. He couldn't take care of his family. Couldn't do all of it. He was depressed and discouraged. But now he was releasing the sound of it. He was following Jesus. He was going with Jesus. And that's what happens with you and I. When we receive from God, the word of the Lord becomes alive in us. We begin to release the sound of unity, the sound of worship, the sound of prayer. And it begins to affect those around us. And we follow Jesus along the road with hand in hand with all those people that have encountered the word of the Lord, and the sound of heaven. Why don't you stand with me this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Y'all can come back. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, one other sound, and I, I, I won't, I mean, I could go on forever about sounds and such, but there's another sound that, that the Bible talks about couple of them that I'll just highlight. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 1 that John was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. How did he hear the sound that he wrote about? And how did he see the sound that he wrote about? That's a whole other message. He was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. He was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And he closes Revelation with the sound. He actually closes it with a picture he doesn't really talk necessarily at the end about the sound. He talks about it in the middle of Revelation. But he gives us a picture of the Holy Spirit in a river. And he talks about the river, this river that's clear as crystal. It was the river of God. It was a, the river. It was proceeding, the Bible says, from the throne. It was the picture. Revelation is very full of creative pictures, Right? And it's a picture of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was proceeding from the throne, the river of God proceeding from the throne. If you've ever been by a river, rivers, y'all can play. The rivers um, have sound, right? And the larger the river or the deeper the river becomes or the faster the river flows, the greater the sound, right? I mean, and then if there's a waterfall or anything, I mean, the noise noise of waterfalls can become deafening. I mean, the the effects and the sounds of the river. It's a great picture of the sound of the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit begins to flow, we see him pictured as the wind, the sound of the wind in Acts 2. We see him pictured as the fire in Acts 2, the, the sound of the river. All of these sounds, the effects of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Release the sound. Release the sound out of your life. 
If you've received from God, there's a sound that you have to release. Lord, I thank you this morning for your presence in our lives. Lord, I thank you for your word this morning. Lord, I pray, Father, that you would help each one of us to begin to release the sound of the testimony of Jesus, releasing the sound of the power of God and the work of God in our lives, to release the testimony of who you are in us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so awesome.